Well, good morning. I want to welcome those who are here at our uh, 9.30 service, welcome those who are at the Well and the Well Cafe today. Uh, if you are brand new and you're wondering what this church is all about, that's, that's who we are. We're a church that's about loving God, loving others, and serving the world. You see many different expressions of that, and uh, many of those things are, are opportunities that we have coming up this summer. I want to lift up uh, Pastor Tina and her husband, Gene, are going to be leading some of our recent high school graduates on a mission trip this week. They leave on Monday. They'll be in the Houston area. Uh, continuing to do uh, uh, Hurricane Harvey relief work and recovery work. And so I want to encourage you to pray for them. There's lots more that's happening uh, this summer as we seek to reach out and bless uh, serving those all around us. Uh, if you are watching at the Well or Well Cafe, I want to just uh, lift up to you that my shirt really is this green, okay? So if you're watching this on video and you're thinking, what's wrong with the screen? No, this shirt is really this green because we're happy about the summer of joy, the series that we're beginning uh, here today. And I want to invite you uh, first if you brought your Bible to turn to Colossians chapter 1. If you don't have your Bible with you, you can find Colossians 1 on page 1828 in the blue Bibles that we have available in all of our worship spaces. So please find that with me. We'll be there in just a moment. Again, we're beginning uh, uh, this new series, a series that will carry us all through the summer, the, the, the series Summer of Joy. We're starting today by talking about family vacations and buried treasure. So that's the, uh, that's the title for today. Uh, one of the things that I love about summer is I love seeing all the pictures of places that you visit over the course of these months, the trips that you have planned and uh, the way you share those. I want to encourage you uh, to do that. Uh, several summers ago, some of you know that I collect the Starbucks city mugs. You know what I'm talking about where you uh, can buy a mug in the, in the city that you visit. And I want to show you uh, some of the more exotic locations that are in my collection. I have Dubai, Australia, Singapore, Bahamas, Scotland, Los, Los Cabos, Kuala Lumpur, Ireland, Peru. I haven't been to any of these places, uh, but you have. And uh, several summers ago, my collection exploded because of all the mugs that I got. Uh, this is another one of the exotic locations that I have. Uh, and, and what I love about this mug is I had someone, again, this is several summers ago, they, they came back from a trip and they said, hey, I really wanted to buy you a mug, but I just felt really weird buying my pastor a mug from Las Vegas. And the very next week, the very next week, another couple in our church uh, came up to me and said, hey, we were in Vegas this last week and we bought you a coffee mug. So everyone has their own opinion on, on that, but uh, that's part of my collection. Uh, my wife would want you to know that I have no more room for these, okay? So not encouraging you to, to buy me more Starbucks City mugs, but I would love for you to share uh, your pictures from this summer, the ways in which you experience uh, joy, sharing with families, the places that you visit or uh, grandkids coming to your house. Uh, uh, you can share those uh, with us at summer at fmcm.org and we'd love to share those uh, with our church. I'll probably lift up a few of those uh, as we move through the summer together. So again, love for you to share those uh, as, we, as we share this summer season together. Uh, people have asked uh, in recent weeks, uh, asked me, hey, do you have any fun trips planned this summer? And um, we'll, we'll share some pictures with you uh, later on this summer. Our plan is to go camping in Colorado which may be the worst idea I've ever had. Uh, we'll see if we have any pictures of us smiling, but that's our, that's our plan. Of course, the natural follow-up question that people ask is, well, where are you going in Colorado? And my response has been, 
Well, that's as far as we've gotten. We're going to Colorado, the state, somewhere in the state of Colorado, which for some of you right now, you've experienced the same thing that I've seen others experience, which you're nervous for me, right? Like you're anxious. You're like, you haven't planned the trip? Where, where are you going? So if you're nervous, I want you to know I've, I've taken steps. This week, I got this atlas in the mail, okay? And if you don't know what an atlas is, it's a collection of maps Maps is more than an app on your phone. They actually print them on paper and you can look at them this way. So I've got this for Colorado to figure out uh, where we're going to go. That was the first step in my plan to prepare for the trip. My second step was to share it in the sermon this weekend because I know by Tuesday, I just need to look at my email and I'll have the whole trip planned because you're going to send me all your ideas of all the things that we should do. But the reason I got the, the, the book of maps, there's a couple things I like about the physical map. It reminds me of the vacations I took as a kid because this is what my grandmother would do as she planned our trips. We did most of our trips with uh, my grandparents and she would with a marker, she'd, she'd mark out the entire route that we would take to wherever we were going. And if you took the time to look at grandmommy's map, you could not only see the route that you were going to take, you could see every rest stop that we were going to take a break at. You could see every KOA campground that we were going to stay at along the way. She had everything planned out and it was all there on her map. Uh, but the other thing I like about the map, maybe you have this connection, I love that it reminds me of what were my favorite stories as a kid, the stories of following a map, uh, searching for buried treasure. Uh, one of my favorite books as a kid was uh, Treasure Island. I remember watching the Disney miniseries on Treasure Island. I remember the first time I watched uh, Indiana Jones and uh, the, the journeys that he would take to find the, uh, the artifacts that he was looking for. Or maybe you remember the 1985 movie that was greatly disturbing to me as a kid, but I've grown to appreciate it. The Goonies, anybody seen The Goonies? That gave me nightmares. Yes, the Goonies, yeah. But about Barry Trey, all of these stories where we have characters who are searching for something. They are looking for something of incredible value. They are characters who face tests along the way, tests of character and will. We see them overcoming what seem to be impossible odds. And what carries them forward is this hope that they will one day find the treasure that they will one day discover this, uh, th this treasure that they assume will change everything about their life. And just for a moment, I want you to think about why is it that we love these stories? Because these are more than just the stories that we love in our childhood. These are, these are the stories that we are drawn to throughout our life, stories of a great adventure. Uh, stories of a, of a character, a hero who overcomes impossible odds, who, who in the end somehow uh, receives what, what, what he or she had been longing to, to find uh, all throughout the journey. There's, there's a part of us that's drawn to these kinds of stories. And I want to suggest to you that the reason why that is, is because this is how we think about our lives. We are storied creatures. We, we are uh, meaning makers. We, we think of ourselves as being on a journey, uh, a grand adventure that there are times feels, the adventure feels great and it feels glorious and exciting. And we all know there's times where our journey feels pretty boring. Or maybe we find ourselves in a season where we're searching and longing for some sort of meaning or purpose in this in this journey, but this searching, this seeking, this longing for whatever we perceive to be life's great treasure 
is something that we all know. It's something that's a part of all of, uh, of, of us and, and who we are and, and how we are driven in our life. This, this searching for whatever we think the treasure of life really is. And I want to start there because what I'm going to read to you from Colossians, from what the Apostle Paul writes uh, to the, the Christians there, uh, what, I want you to, what I want you to hear is that this is how the Apostle Paul understands life's great treasure. If you were to sit down with him and, and describe the longing that we, that we have, this, this searching, this seeking, this is how Paul would describe to you what the great treasure of life really is. So if you look at Colossians chapter 1, I'm going to begin reading to you uh, at verse 25. But I want to tell you a little bit about what precedes that. Going all the way back to verse 15, uh, in chapter 1, Paul begins by talking about Christ. Because for Paul, Christianity is all about Christ. It's about what Christ has done, what Christ is doing, and what Christ will continue to do. Paul speaks about Christ as the image of the invisible God. In other words, Christ has come to show us God. Christ has revealed to us the heart and character of the Father. Uh, the Gospel of John says, no one has ever seen God, but the Son has made him known. Jesus says at the end of the Gospel of John, John 14, at the end of his life, he says, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. So Jesus comes to reveal to us who God is. That's part of what Christ has done, according to what Paul says here in the early part of Colossians. Paul says that Christ, uh, through Christ, all things have been created, and for Christ, everything has been created. Christ is at the center of all of creation. And in this place of supremacy, Christ has not only restored our relationship with God, Christ is also reconciling, healing, restoring all things. Not just you and me, but all things in creation. Uh, the things uh, through whom uh, Christ, all things were made, Christ is now restoring, rebuilding, healing the world. And this great cosmic work of restoring God's good creation, that same work, Paul says, Christ is doing in you. Christ is healing you and restoring you, enabling you to be who you were always intended to be. This is the work that Christ has done, is doing, and will continue to do, Christ is at the center of this entire work of redeeming, restoring, reconciling, healing all of God's creation. And what Christ is doing in all creation, Christ is doing in you. And then we get to verse 25, and, and here's, here's what Paul says. He speaks about uh, his own life, life, and he says, I have become its servant. Now, who is the it? The it is the gospel. The gospel is what Paul has just described about what Christ has done, what Christ is doing, what Christ will continue to do. It is the message that Paul has given his life to share. He says, God has given him a commission to, to present to you the word of God in its fullness. He's become a servant of this message, a servant of the gospel. But the message of the gospel, the message is also, according to Paul, it's a mystery. 
There's a part of it that's just beyond our ability to grasp by ourselves. This mystery that throughout the ages and generations has been hidden, but's now been disclosed to all the Lord's people. And here's what the mystery is. Verse 27. Paul says to them, to those who have received this, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches. In other words, here's the treasure. Here's what it's all about. The glorious riches, the treasure of the mystery of the gospel is Christ in you. The hope of glory. In other words, if you were to simplify all of this down, if you were to take all that Paul uh, articulates throughout his writings that we find in in the New Testament, at the heart of it all, Paul says, it's this, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now notice a few things with me first. Notice that it's not Christ with you. It's not as if the Christian faith is, well, here's my life, and here's my hopes, and here's my dreams, and here's what I want to do, and then, well, here's Christ, and Christ comes alongside, and Christ has his own hopes, and his own dreams, and his own understanding of what my life will be, and we're just kind of sharing life together. That's not what it's all about. Because if the Christian faith, if our understanding is Christ with us, well, eventually our faith will be undermined by our capacity to drift away from Christ. to to follow our own hopes and our own dreams. This is not Christ with us. And it's not even a life that we live for Christ, as if we just work really hard every single day to make Christ happy, to say thank you for what Christ has done for us, because eventually that life will be undermined by your own exhaustion, your own inability to continue to do what you have been doing, the the limitations of your humanity. Rather, it is Christ in you, Christ becoming the life in you, Christ becoming the hope that is in you, Christ becoming the, the understanding of where your life needs to go. It is Christ in you, and with this comes hope. Not hope that Christ passes out at the end of the day for everyone who is on their good behavior, but Christ himself, Christ himself being our hope of of glory, our future glory, our present glory. Christ is the hope as Christ comes alive in you. And according to Paul, this is it. This is the treasure. This is the answer to that longing that we all have in our life. This is what it's all about. Look at this, uh, 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 this different translation from Colossians 1.27. The secret is simply this, Christ in you. Yes, Christ in you with him, uh, bringing with him the hope of all glorious things to come. This is the gospel. This is the message. This is what it's all about. Christ in you. Let me see if I can connect the dots for you with a few other passages from the New Testament. I could, I could give you 35, but I'm only going to give you four. Later on in Colossians, as Paul describes what it means to receive Christ, he says this, for in, the, in that moment you die and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. 
The life that you have is not your own life anymore. It is a life animated, directed. It is a life that is driven by the life of Christ. Luke 9, 24, you remember this crazy thing that Jesus says where he says, for whoever wants to save their life will lose their life, but whoever loses life will actually find life. We lose, we die, we surrender, we empty ourselves. And in doing so, we make the space for Christ to come alive in us. Or, or think about how John the Baptist describes in the beginning of John's gospel where he talks about the trajectory of the Christian life. He says, he must become greater, I must become less. We become less so that Christ can become more. Or how Paul says it in Galatians chapter two. He says, I have been crucified with Christ. And I, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life that I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Or I just have to throw one more in, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 16, where Paul says, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. The body fades away but there is a life that continues to be renewed and grow within us. It's not just life with Christ or life for Christ. It is Christ in you. And in Christ and Christ alone, we have hope. In Christ and in Christ alone, we have the gift of peace. In Christ and in Christ alone, we have life and a life that Jesus describes as a life to the full. In Christ and in Christ alone, we have what Pastor Caesar often says in this way. We have a reservoir of healing and wholeness. That's Christ's gift for you. In Christ and in Christ alone, there is unending joy. And this summer, as we move through these months together, that's what we want to challenge you to claim. We want to challenge you to claim the joy that is Christ in you. The hope, the hope of our lives and the glory of our eternal lives in Christ and in Christ alone. So today, the invitation for you is to simply take the first step. And in taking that first step, what we wanna challenge you to do is to claim this conviction that Christ is your life's greatest treasure. And though all of us are tempted to look for treasure in other places, none of those can compare to this central affirmation, Christ in you, the glorious riches of the mystery of the gospel, the life of Christ coming alive in you, the hope, the peace, the joy, the life of Jesus in you. And today, as you come to receive Holy Communion, to participate in a practice that, that starts in the very beginning of the church. 
We think about the body broken, the the blood shed. We think about the life of Jesus being poured out. I want to invite you to know Christ and to know Christ's heart for you today. That if your life today is filled with more despair than hope, if your life today is marked by more fear and worry than faith and peace, if you find yourself in need of healing or wholeness, if you crave life to the full, if you're searching for joy, here's what I want you to hear. More than anything, Christ wants to give himself to you. More than anything, Christ wants to give himself for you. He came that you might have life and you might have it to the full. He came that you might have hope, that you might have hope everlasting. He came to give you peace amidst the chaos of life. He came to bless you with the rich treasure of his joy. And as you come to receive these simple elements, it's just bread and it's just juice, but it's so much more than that. It's Christ. And it's Christ's heart saying, I want to give myself to you. So join us. Join us as we search and we claim the treasure that is Christ in us, the joy that is a life with Christ. The secret, the secret is simply this, Christ in you. Let's pray. Loving God, we all know the longing. We all know the searching. And Lord, we, we all know the ways in which we've ended up in places we never intended to go as we followed that desire. Searching for something that would fulfill us, that would somehow bring us the satisfaction and significance that we, that we long to find. Lord, we ask for your forgiveness for the ways in which we have settled for a treasure that is less than you. And I pray, Lord, on behalf of my brothers and sisters, on behalf of myself, Lord, that you would enable us to lean into this great mystery of the gospel, the hope, the peace, the joy that is your life coming more alive in each and every one of us. Lord, enable us to come in receiving this gift and to release worry, to let go of fear, to to breathe out to you, Lord, our desire to control outcomes and relationships and everything that happens in life. Lord, enable us to let go so that we may allow you to embrace us as you long to do. Thank you, Jesus, for the great treasure that is your life coming into each of us. All these things we pray in Christ's name. Amen.